Hey guys, Footy Focus Podcast, episode 11. It's a round nine review and round 10 preview, recording on 3rd of August, a Monday. Hey guys. Johanna just uh, coughed as well, so that's a worrying <laughs> sign for all of us. You didn't hear that because I edited that out, but I'm Shahan and Ella Shanika speaking for new listeners, if we're lucky to have any. Yes, it's, a, it's a shocking day for our state at the moment. A lot of businesses getting closed down, so we'll uh, try and push on and, yeah, at least we've got footy to talk about. Seven yeah, days for, our inter- for our international listeners. But, yeah, we'll um, start talking. It's a, uh, just started the footy frenzy, so exciting. Okay, so do you want to kick off then? Yeah, we might do a review yeah. of um, our games and touch on a couple of um, key topics from this week and maybe preview a couple of games. Um, not tonight's game because... There's your game and the Bulldogs play tonight, but maybe later in the week. But yeah, we'll kick it off with Port's um, impressive, impressive win over the Demons. Yeah, so obviously both our teams won this week, so it's a bit fun, the game review. So yeah, Port beat the D's 83 to 32. So Port kicked the first six goals of the game, and then D's kicked their first goal with a minute left till half time. So the game is pretty much done. I thought Wines and Amon set the tone with 11 possessions each in the first quarter. But, yeah, I think the, the story of the night was probably the Ds. Just butchered the ball the whole night, uh, minus 12% in disposals and inside 50 efficiency. And it's probably just the same culprits again, Oliver, Whiney. I thought Nathan Jones was pretty good, used the ball pretty well. But, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. um, yeah the same, same, same sort of culprits. So those culprits are getting the heat put on them sort of weekly uh, lately. Uh, do you think they're too much the same types? Like you're talking about Oliver, Viney, Brayshaw, Jones. Petrarca's got a bit of zip, so he might be the different one. Yeah. But do you think they've got too many of those same same? Yeah, I think it's it's been a problem since, I mean, 2018, they came third. But um, yeah, it was a pass mark there. But yeah, it's definitely the midfield mix. So... Um, Nathan Jones is playing on a wing, so they've pushed him kind of out. I think they thought Langdon and the Tomlinson additions would kind of add that mix. I mean, Tomlinson's out of the team at the moment. Um, Benell as well, maybe when he gets a bit of fitness. Pickett probably when he develops a bit more. But, yeah, they're just too too bull-heavy. Yeah, so, yeah, I agree. So the players they're relying on to provide that class and zip. Like, Langdon doesn't use the ball that well. Nah. Bernal's a little bit slower than he was, and that's sort of telling now. And uh, yeah, I think Pickett's still young, so you can excuse him. Uh, do you think they should trade one of their midfielders, like trade uh, Brayshaw or Oliver? Even? Yeah, it's a it's a great point. I think the issue is, I think the probably the only guy that's got currency is Oliver. I think Petrarca, you've got to keep a hold of because I think for me, Petrarca and Gorn are the absolute untouchables. Um, Brayshaw has lost his currency because he's not playing. Like he's pretty much playing 50, 60% of game time, barely playing on ball. I think he had maybe 11 touches at most. Um, and he was third in the Brownlow too that year when they came yeah. Yeah, third. Yeah, Brayshaw's probably the one you would look at trading because you can't trade Viney, right? He's a captain. Yeah, uh, you can't trade Viney, yeah. Even though he's a free, I think he's a free agent unless he signed that. I don't know about yeah, even the currency you're going to get with Brayshaw is probably not that much, especially because of his concussion history. 
Well, that's the thing. Like, if you follow the NBA, like when you're trying to trade a guy, you kind of play them the whole game just to get their currency up, get them to get more points, rebounds, etc. So, um, the way they're playing him at the moment doesn't lend itself to. Um, I think you could probably get him at a bargain price. Is what I'm trying to say. You won't be able to. You won't be able to get a first rounder or a second rounder for him at the moment, anyway. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, but back to Port, what do you think some was what were the positives? Yeah, I think it was just probably the contested ball. So I think it was yeah, pretty much first to the ball all night. And I think if you beat Melbourne in that, you pretty much set because we, we we beat them on the pace on the outside. We're faster than them. Um, 28 uncontested possessions um, ahead. And yeah, I think I think it sums up as well, up by 58 points in the last quarter. Robbie Gray um, yeah, dived on a ball when he probably didn't have any right to, and that was probably summed it up. They're the type of things you look at. Um, yeah, I saw that. Take... It was ball was in dispute, and he just went full at it and then yeah. uh, into Salem. Yeah, like got winded him, I think. So, um... Yeah, and obviously we'll touch on um, yeah, gone as well. So I think Laddams in that first quarter, four frees against, recovered. Pretty well. Um, we only minus one in clearances, um, and we were talking about this the other week with Grundy as well. I mean, you've got a dominant ruck when you're just not yeah, winning the clearances um, at all, let alone winning it by the amount you should. I mean, we'll talk about Nick Matt later, but yeah, they should—they're just not taking advantage of yeah, Gorn's dominance at all. Yeah, um, I think yeah, Gorn's dominant. He's having another good year. It's like statistically, he's right up there, but. Like you said, yeah, they're not taking advantage. Um, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about Nick Nat maybe a bit later. But yeah. on the flip side, Nick Nat's the opposite. He's not yeah. as big in the stat sheet, but he has maximum effect. Yeah. Who was yeah. your best one? Was it? Yeah. Darcy yeah. Burn Jones again. Yeah, I, I thought it was both. I mean, Burn Jones probably gets in the votes, but yeah, both twenty-five touches, eight clearances, and a goal. So. He's pretty consistent across the all four quarters. Um, Amon and Wines have probably had two or three good quarters each. So, um, yeah, and Hoff, Hoff, I think, when I mentioned Hoff, I criticised him last week and he, yeah, stepped up this week. So, yeah, and also um, George Yardis filled in for Marshall really well. So much so he was a, he's an Ablet Rising Star nominee for this round. Yeah, we mentioned him last week. He's always got a pretty crucial role to play without Marshall. And yeah, he's just yeah, special talent. Um, great set shot accuracy. Missed a couple. He probably should have. But he's just got the body of a probably four to five year play for a first, for an 18 year old. Um, it's just a credit credit to the recruiting staff as well. Because when he got picked up at 18, I was a bit hesitant. Who's this guy? But missed his yeah. last year as well. But yeah, he's a, he's a freak, obviously. Yeah, I don't think many people knew about him because he was definitely a bolter. Because uh, he was injured in his 18th year, his final year with a quad injury, so that's probably what gave him the time to build up his upper body. But uh, yeah. yeah, genuine bolter. And he think did he go first round or early second? But um, it was first round, yeah, late, late first round. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like the draft experts on big footy and stuff. They were they were like criticizing like the Kaltumis who had him had him going to like the Kangaroos, for example, with the in the second round. Just. Yeah. Yeah, because they wanted someone else that was picked later. And when the draft day comes, you get the bolters and you get the ones that we like slipping into, even into the rookie draft. And they're, these keyboard warriors are very critical about that. But, uh, yeah, this goes to show that you leave it to the experts whose job it is to like follow these guys rather than just criticising everyone. 
Yeah, no, agree, agree there. Last one I wanted to touch on was Dan Houston. I think he's too good to be playing halfback. Um, Rockcliffe obviously played on the weekend, but I don't think you can play Rockcliffe, Wines, and Sam Pepper in the same team. So we're playing Pies, Tigers, um, the Cats in weeks to come. So I think against the better sides, you've got to play Houston in the middle. Um, and yeah, leave Rockcliffe out because Wines and Powell Pepper are probably the untouchables and they're, they're young too. Mm-hmm. Now, Powell Pepper's having a good year, so yeah, he's doing well. And finally, apart from Travis Burke, who do you think would be an all Australian support? Because because you're top of the ladder, you should have a couple. Of yeah, I think I think Dixon's probably the lock. Um, your, your guy that you mentioned before, Darcy Byrne Jones. I think he's he'll be he'd be unlucky not to get a back pocket or a half back spot. I think he, he probably hasn't had a bad game all year. Yeah, cool. It'll it'll be good to see. Yeah, yeah. guys like that rewarded for their consistency because he hasn't missed many games since debuting, right? He's missed one, and that's because he turned up late to a recovery session. So I think, yeah. Since debuting, like four years ago. Yeah, missed one. I think maybe one with injury, but yeah, not missed much. We'll uh, move on to your game. You've had a good win for the first time in seven weeks. <laughs> yeah, and I think going into it, it was a bit um, 50-50. But yeah, it just shows you the trouble the Crows are in. So North Melbourne won 119-50. to 50. Uh, This was on Saturday afternoon. So uh, me and our listeners... Uh, Ainsley and Chad, we did a Zoom uh, call during the game. Yeah, and then we, like, timed the game. So it was, like, we were in sync. Um, but we watched it, yeah, the whole game together. So a bit of chat and stuff. So, I mean, I don't think Ainsley had a good time, but me and Chad definitely <laughs> uh, had fun. Watched the Kangaroos kick the highest score of the year. And without Ben Brown. So it shows you, yeah, that we do have scoring power and... Made us a bit unpredictable going forward as well. So there was multiple, I think there were 11 goal kickers and I think five of them kicked two or more. So the story, what did you think the story of the day was? Uh, yeah, so I think obviously Magic Door. So first game since 2018 when he was probably all Australian yeah. in the squad at least. Especially the, yeah, especially the second half of the year, he dominated down back. So yeah, unfortunately he had that incident afterwards and then some injury setbacks. And eventually, yeah, he made his uh, comeback this week. And he was good. He was good without being dominant. He sort of eased his way back into it. First quarter was a bit quiet. And then he sort of got going in the second quarter when he ran in the ruck, drifted down back. And I think third quarter was a bit quiet. But in the fourth, he bobbed up and, uh, yeah, got on the end of one and kicked the goal. And that was good. Everyone got around him. And I think that's yeah, probably, moment. probably the best moment of the year. And I think... You watched Dan, Dan McBraden and Reece Shaw, so they had a pretty powerful interview as well. They both lost members of their family to suicide, so that's probably must watch television the way they spoke about it as well, how proud they were, were of, yeah, Majak. And he spoke really well after the game too. He like, was very proud and um, he mentioned his family and everything. So hopefully, yeah. yeah, he stays on the park, stays fit and he gets a few more seasons out of Majak because he made he's an important player. Yeah. So how was uh, the first rock, Goldstein? Yeah, he was good. He was, again, like in the best players on the ground. Uh, eight clearances again. And um, he's leading the comp, I think, for clearances. So, yeah, he is, yeah. A uh, couple, couple of goal assists as well. Uh, I mean, he was playing against uh, an inexperienced Rockman, but he'd be vying with Nick Nat for AA, would you say? Yeah, I think... I mean, Goldstein's probably, I reckon Goldstein's had a better year because 
yeah, you've won three games for the year now, and West Coast are yeah, six and three. So, yeah, to play this well in a, in a poorly performing side, I think that probably increases your, your chances of getting all Australian, in my view, anyway. But yeah, he's been probably more consistent than Nick Nat and even Grundy and on yeah. this year. So, I hope the selectors see it that way, and if Baldy continues, um, yeah, you should be all Australian. But um, I mean, selectors they like do like their favourites. So if Goldie drops off a bit and we, we only win one game for the rest of the year, you can easily see him not making it. But, yeah, let's hope. Uh, other players that in the best, that were in the best would be Anderson and uh, Luke McDonald. Um, Luke McDonald's having a career best year, like off mm-hmm. halfback. He had 35 touches in a yeah, shortened game, which is a career high. And he used the ball pretty well too. Like, he's been known to like just bombing it. But I think this week he sort of looked up a bit and um, he was sort of looking to where he was kicking it rather than just bombing it long. Anderson was, um, yeah, took that Cunnington role and was really hard at it. Uh, kicked a good, good goal and um, eight tackles or something. Yeah, so really provided that defensive running as well. How was, how was uh, Luke Davies Uniac, who hasn't played much since he was what, fourth pick a few years ago? Yeah, so he's, um, I think he's only played 23 games. Uh, this was his second game after coming back from, he had a shoulder recur last year and um, OP this year. Uh, and he was good. He was good. He was building, I think. So he had uh, 17 touches and he kicked a couple of goals. I think he kicked the first goal of the game and maybe the last goal of the game as well. His last goal was really good. He took it out of the out of the pack and, um, yeah, kicked it on his left, snapped it. So I think, yeah. Um, we're starting to find a bit more confidence in that yeah, second half. So hopefully it continues. Hall, Aaron Hall is having a good, like good um last month. Uh, he kicked a couple, I think, and um, yeah, providing that run. Speaking of run, what do you think of the Polak omission? Yeah, I was very surprised. Yes, uh, I think we recorded before the omission. So both Polak and Brown were omitted. Uh, Polak. I thought he was close to our best on, on um, against Carlton last week. But, yeah, apparently he wasn't doing the defensive stuff. So, uh, we should made an example and dropped him. So, uh, he could come back in. Like, maybe half of was sort of managing his injuries. Like, he could, yeah, maybe. Because we play again in a couple of nights. So. Yeah. Yeah, so he, got, he obviously got Teague. He also got four coaches. But I think that's probably just Teague because... Um, Reshaw heard today. It was Reshaw said it was the accumulation of the last month for Polak. So whether he's, yeah. he's been doing non non team roles for the month, I don't, I don't know. But mm-hmm. but I think yeah, I like seeing those big names drop because uh, in Brad Scott's time, he, he didn't really drop anyone. He usually played for him, so uh, that's good to see that. Um, and also Ben Brown's like you obviously heard about his um. Yeah. Him and his wife has lost one of their unborn twins. Yeah, one of them. I think just you. I mean, there's been so much talk about his form. We've talked about it as well. So it just gives, yeah, a lot more context to it. And hopefully the media can yeah, kind of lay off him because, yeah, to go through that and still be playing footy is an achievement in itself, let alone be going through all this all this stuff off yeah. the field. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to players, their personal lives that they don't want the public to know or they don't, the public don't need to know about. There's reason for yeah that dropping form because your mind's going to be thinking about other stuff because footy's just a game to the players as well in the end, even though it's there. Yeah, 
livelihood. But um, I think yeah, some players can compartmentalize that and then play effectively. But some players, yeah, when they take to the field, the other personal stuff might get the better of them. So yeah. each player is different. So uh, yeah, we might see players be more open and um, admit stuff like this, like even if they say just. Um, personal reasons. A lucky hunter, like he did that. And they might put their hand up and not play because I think they must feel the pressure to like run out there and like not let, let their team out. Yeah, 100%. I think, I mean, even lucky hunter, he's a vice captain. Ben Brown's, yeah, all Australian forward pretty much the last three years. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely a part of that. But yeah, the openness, I think, is a good thing to be. And I, I mean, you should be worrying about the keyboard worries. It's more about the people that, yeah, are human. I guess that should should be worried about. So what do you think about the Crows? They obviously copped it in the media for their performance. Yeah, we should touch on them. So um, this was probably the first full game I watched them play. So, yeah, they were pretty poor. Like, the defending was just not AFL standard, really. They just allowed too much space and not enough pressure on the ball carrier. Like, you watch this and then you watch Freeman was Collingwood and there was just no room. There was so much pressure everywhere, whereas for the Crows game, like, you get the ball and, like, able to run able to take a bounce and then kick it to like free player. Like there was a one one point in the game where we kicked out, kicked it down the middle to a whole yeah. whole couple of steps and then kicked it to Zerha and then Zerha just kicked a goal from fifty. So it was like a three possession uh kicks three yeah, kicks. Yeah, all all goal side of their cross opponents. So yeah. so I think it's a combination of your yeah, inexperience and new game plan, new coach, the personnel. Um, so you can understand and they have been competitive for a long time so I think this might be their first wooden spoon so that yeah. proves they're a proud club and um, with their culture I don't think they'll be there for that long They'll similar to the Sydney's and the Hawthorne so yeah like I can they're not going to do what Carlton and Melbourne have done stay cellar dollars for years and they have a good draft hand as well so they've got picked one uh, pick 13 from GWS at the moment, 20, 30, and also 40. They could also have pick, uh, the pick they get for Brad Crouch if he decides to leave. Yeah, so would that be a pick two? Depends what kind of contract he gets off. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to pay him, give him a big enough contract to trigger that pick two. Because of his age and he's, he's just the player he is, I don't think. But they might get an end of first round, so maybe a pick 20. So they could have 20 and 21. Um, yeah, we might talk about a little bit about that later. But um, yeah, watching the game, Ainsley uh, noticed that Laird was playing a lot of midfield time. Yeah. Uh, which is unusual for him because he's normally down back. So uh, he was still pretty good. He was one of the best. So was Seedsman. O'Brien battled hard uh, against Goldie. He laid eight tackles, which is pretty impressive for yeah. him. Um, otherwise, there weren't that many positives. Hamill was a bit quiet. Uh, McAdam was probably their most dangerous forward. Kicked a couple, missed a couple. Um, yeah. What do you do? You think um, they should look for look for players in the um, SNAFL, SANFL? Yeah. Yeah. Time to start. He's um. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely some good talent in the Sandful. A lot of mature age recruits like Nick Hind on the weekend for the Saints. Um, he's one. There's there's a few more. I think. Yeah, it's definitely. Is it high? It might be Wilkie. I don't know. 
might be Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, one of one of those guys. So, um, yeah, it's different. There's definitely options, and I think it's it's good from a recruiting strategy. We don't need to pay too much um, yeah. for them, but yeah, it's it's definitely not a bad option to to do. Yeah, the other advantage is that they're playing. I think pretty sure the state leagues are playing. Yeah, like Victoria. The, the people that work there, like Adelaide recruiters, can potentially get to the ground and see them firsthand, yeah. whereas Victorians might be restricted. Yeah. So that gives them a pretty big advantage of report to like spot leagues. Yeah. Mm. It's a good point because obviously the VFL is not um, going ahead. So these state leagues, you might see a lot more yeah, players picked up mm. this season. And the Victorian teams. Victorian teams might not have um, the money to pay scouts, interstate yeah. scouts. So this could potentially be an advantage for those interstate teams. Okay, let's move on to um, the hot topics. And you want to talk a bit about the league's best player? Do you think he's still the league's best player? Yeah, I think I think Dusty still is. He's, he's t- two out of the three last Norm Smiths. Yeah, six goals in a final against Brisbane last year. He's, yeah, I think he's just back to his damaging best. He takes a while to wind up, doesn't he? He doesn't. Um, he's not the best player from round one, but when he's he, the most damaged, the most damaging player for sure. Yeah, definitely the most impact. So yeah, I think the twenty-six possession is not so much against the dogs. The three goals, um, and it's like I think. I mean, we've talked about Petrarca and Green being the best player. I think he kind of took that as an insult, and yeah, said yeah, sheriff, the sheriff's back in town, like Michael Jordan used yeah, to say. He's He's just so awesome at those um snap hook shots from forty five out. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I haven't yeah, no one better. But now it's good to see Dusty back and spot fire again. You'll you think you'll get better as the season rolls on. Yeah. Um and Richmond's starting to find that form as well. With a different looking team. Um, That's why I'm missing a few. Yeah, which is testament to their culture and their coaching, I suppose. Uh, yeah, both key forwards aren't performing at the moment too. So if just one of them performs, you can see them rising up pretty quick. Yeah, like Rewald hasn't done much all year, but they're still yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, let's talk about a bit about trades, shall we? We might might as well finish that Brad Crouch yeah. discussion. Adelaide Crows. Um, so Geelong has been looked uh, seen as a potential home for Brad Crouch. I read an article on the weekend, um, so he might be a good fit there. Um, they might lose maybe a Selwood. No, actually not Selwood. Ablett. Yeah, Ablett. I think Ablett said it's his last year on record. So. Yeah, so they could have the cap space. Um, so. And another Brisbane, yeah. Brisbane Lions player came back on the weekend and had a good game. Yeah, Alex Witherton. So you think he was, might be a sports year or something, but his first couple of years were very impressive and then couldn't get a look in because... Guys like Archie, Lester, Virgil filled that halfback role. I think a couple of them are injured. So he got his run, second game for the year, I think, and he scored 170 super coach points. This is pretty big. I think it's, yeah. I think it's only second to Martin this round. 25 possessions, 20 kicks, and uh, 430 meters game, which is a lot. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they do play Lester when he does come back because Lester's more of a team. Um, role player, whereas yeah, Witherton and Birchall maybe they don't want to play both in the same side because they kind of fulfill the same kind of role. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they do keep him. And if he does, what do you think, what do you think he's worth on the trade market for Witherton? Uh, well, definitely a first rounder. I wouldn't say early, I'd probably say late, maybe early second round. What about you? 
Yeah, that's probably true. I think he's contracted, so it might depend on that. But uh, yeah, I think I'd love to have him at the Kangaroos. He's, yeah, perfect player when you're running off that halfback, uh, especially because I think McMillan's. Um, he might have played his last game this week. Yeah, <laughs> he's going back home. He's coming back to Melbourne because he's he's having a baby. Yeah, which I mean, it's a bit like the the um Hooley situation where you can yeah completely say fair enough, fair enough with that. Um, yeah. It might it might give you guys some more yeah time to play young players. So it might be a, a win win situation for the club and the player. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if he his reaction after this week's game if he's emotional or not. So I don't think he's contracted. So we'll see what happens. So it's a pretty big call, yeah. Leaving when you're like not in contract. So yeah, it's gutsy. Uh, um, before we move on, like Adelaide, they've got those picks that I mentioned. Do you yeah. think they should trade any of them for like some ready-made players? Because I don't think you should be taking what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, potentially like six top forty picks into a draft. Yeah. Well, if you're doing six, if you if you're picking six, yeah, eighteen-year-olds, you're kind of saying, yeah, we're the next couple of years are just yeah, complete rebuild. But um, if you're going to pick up players, I'd be picking up um, youngish players. I won't be picking up anyone over say 27, 28, because um, you want the ready-made players to be there when their next challenge for a flag. You want to pick up a 30-year-old or a 29-year-old who won't be there mm. for the flag. Yeah, like, if they can pick up a Witherton, for example, if they, yeah. trade, if they send pick 20 or the compensation for Crouch to Brisbane, that would be a good trade, wouldn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Do you want to um, mention a bit about what happened with the AFL Journal that was um, stood down? Yeah, so it's kind of been trending since last... I kind of didn't believe when I saw it. So, AFL journal Mitch Cleary from the AFL Exchange podcast. So, he's um, been stood down indefinitely by the AFL. So, he shared um, Brooke Cochin's Instagram post, wife of Trent, um, about the spa she went to. And this was, I guess, after, yeah, Caroline Wilson had named her. It was well known that she was the one that's... Um, cause the Tigers to get a fine. And I think the AFL's reasoning for that is that he's an employee first and then a journalist second, which is kind of def- the opposite of what AFL media has been saying for three or four years. Like, if you look at Damien Barrett, his sliding doors article, like, he, he's not afraid to have a shot at the AFL um, every week, pretty much, in that article. So um, he's spoken, I think, since the first time in a couple of couple of hours ago and Brooke Cochin is to her credit she said that she doesn't stand by that decision she yeah disagrees with the AFL so what what do you think about that I know you haven't heard <laughs> I don't really I don't know much about this uh in terms of you, you think he should you think his obligation is as a journalist first or an employee that's probably the question okay right uh as an employee right like they made this. They made. Uh, <laughs> they agreed to like not disclose the name, but he went and did it. Um, but he's yeah. admitted he did the wrong thing, right? Yeah, I think. I think the thing. I think the issue I have is that AFL media has kind of said they're separate to the AFL. So, like, if they say if Gillen's oh. made a mistake, if Gillen's made a mistake, they can write an article about that and not get shut down. But. Maybe the AFL's caved because there's a lot of money on the line. Um, look, if, if there's another breach, maybe the Queensland government says, yeah, get out of get out of the state. So maybe that, that's a reason for it. But, yeah, I thought it was pretty poor treatment of, of Cleary anyway because he's one of the best journos out there. 
Yeah, it sounded a bit harsh. Yeah, so um, hopefully it's with pay then. <laughs> yeah, we, well, yeah, I'll have to listen to the podcast after this and see what he says. So move on to the uh, the pies. Do you reckon they can win the flag with their current forward structure? Uh, no, I don't think they can. I don't think they'll finish top four with that even. Um, at the moment, they've got Majacek, Stevenson, Huskin Elliott, Thomas, and either Cameron or Cox. Uh, Dugowie's out injured at the moment. And then that's not a very consistent uh, forward line. Like To be yeah, up there with premiership uh, contention, you need to have – you need to know what you're going to get, I think. Yeah. Like, you know you know that from, like, Josh Kennedy and um, – Charlie, yeah. And, yeah, these guys, Cameron, Charlie Cameron. But, uh, yeah, what do you reckon? Do you think uh, they can rely on these smalls, mediums to keep enough? Yeah, yeah, it's it's proven that you do need a tall target in finals. I mean, Dugowie is probably their best bet, but again, you don't want, um, yeah, game on the line. You don't want to, you can't kick the ball down the line to him. Um, so that, yeah, I agree with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I watched this game, uh, and yeah, and I also watched the game on Saturday night where Kennedy sort of kicked a couple of late ones and yeah, inched the game against Geelong. So yeah, you need that. Like, and at the moment, the Pies don't have. A big tall, like, and like they didn't, they're missing Pendlebury and a few of their star players, but you could tell they lacked a bit of cast with the midfield. Um, yeah, and they probably need Cox to play if they were to, if they are the challenge. Yeah, a, a, a Cox in form, a Cox that brings the ball to ground, though. If he's not bringing the ball to ground, then he's yet yeah, yeah. not, not useful, right? Yeah, no, he's not. So, yeah, he's either. He's not that consistent, is he? So he's still an experiment, really. Like that game against Richmond might have been one right out of the blue. He might never do that again. Uh, should they like trade for a key tour? Like, there's not yeah. many out. Jeremy Cameron's a free agent. Well, ben Brown. Yeah, Jeremy Cameron's been the talk um, for a few years. I think they'll probably go hard at him, but whether they can no, get. I don't, uh, don't know if they have the cap space. Oh, you'd have to tra- you'd have to trade out players though. You'd have to try it out. They already they already traded out James Ace, remember? James <laughs> No, I'm talking about to like you wouldn't. For me, I think Darcy Moore is untouchable. Um, maybe a Degoey. Maybe they let Degoey go. Um, that frees up a bit of room. Um, yeah, what about Darcy Moore? You think he's the solution? At, I think he's their best key forward, but he's obviously their best key back as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, they debuted a guy called um, Mark. Keen, he wasn't that he was a bit inexperienced and um gave away a couple of free kicks. But if he can show a bit more and they can bring back Ruffhead, maybe Sharonberg, then you might have enough that you can send more forward. Yeah, um, that might be the only option, really. Yeah, to because they do have okay defensive stops. Ruffhead's playing pretty well, but yeah, with, without how there's a bit less flexibility to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need, yeah. Need Schoenberg and is Lyndon done still? I don't know. <laughs> they might have to. Yeah, we had he had the one week ban I think with side bottom and side bottom got four. But yeah, I think he's he's. I mean, you you don't you wouldn't want Schoenberg playing against a, a monster. You'd rather want you'd rather yeah done. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but more to full forward. Yeah, that might be like that's a good call. Um, yeah. This game was pretty good. The pressure was like off the charts. Like, um, they were just. Having a go at the ball carrier at 
every opportunity. So it's pretty exciting. Like the steals weren't as flash, but uh, I thought Luke Ryan was um, really good. Intercept marks and he was so was a general down back. Uh, they're holding up well without the three of their sort of better key forwards, yeah. key defenders not playing. Um, and also, I want to read out this line. So 24 touches, six tackles, 14 contested, uh, played in the centre. Who do you think I'm referring to? Sarong? He was, uh, he was all, yeah, Sarong. Yeah. Oh, Sarong. <laughs> sounded, okay. Yeah, sounded like maybe a Fife or like a, I don't know, a Brace or Mundy. But yeah, this is a fifth gamer or something. He was yeah. really even his, even against Dangerfield, like he held his own. Like Dangerfield probably had the better night, but he he didn't yeah get embarrassed at all against Dangerfield. So he's had a great probably month. Yeah, so he was a rising star after that game you speak of. But yeah, this was our our pick. I think the pick we had, which we traded. So yeah, he looks good. I think he's was touted as that Robbie Gray type, but yeah. clearly playing more midfield than he's uh, yeah. yeah showing something. So. If he continues this, he might be a rising star chance because it's wide open. Yeah. And uh, Schultz, that small forward, he continues to improve. Tabiner is having a career best year. So he was on Keen, so maybe that's why it's going on. And you obviously got Hogan to come back, so it looks pretty scary once you get him and a couple of the key backs when they get a full yeah. complement of players. Yeah, sort of the forgotten man, isn't he? So Hogan, and then you get maybe... A defender or two back and the Chera, Brayshaws, um, who else? Yeah. Hayden Young didn't play, so they're pretty exciting. They'll be a good team to watch. And uh, Tobe Watson, what a name, huh? Job. Like, yeah, they should, they should call him Job or Wisp. 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 <laughs> he's got red hair, red wisp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, right. uh, he's good. He seems pretty composed in uh, second game, so he's good. Great win without Walters too, and I think if you thought Walters or Fife were missing, you'd think yeah, they're no chance. But yeah, they're playing pretty well without their two stars. And Fife didn't. Fife wasn't best on ground as well. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, so uh, I think it was. I think they beat Collingwood last year, but um, yeah, side bottom was good for them. His game back kicked a couple. Looked the most dangerous forward, which is not a good sign because you'd want him in the midfield. Mm, okay, cool. Uh, we might have run out of time to you. Are you confident about tonight's game against the Bulldogs? Uh, depends which Bulldogs turn up. Their best is probably top four. Their worst is their yeah, bottom four. So we'll see. <clears throat> so you think um, who's going to get Dixon? Who do they have? Um, Keith will get Dixon. Yeah, I think Keith, I think Keith goes to Dixon. Trengrove probably as a backup option. Um, English and uh, Laddams is probably the key matchup. There is, um, yeah, Lysett hasn't pulled up, so that that's a big matchup too. Because English again, his best is really good, and his worst is yeah, pretty poor. Mm-hmm. And, Josh Bruce might look to take advantage because uh, yeah, like you said, your defense isn't the tallest. Yeah. And they're pretty well organized, so I think um, yeah, the midfield again will be the key. Looking at Bond McRae, taking it up to the. Or who do you have, like, um, Boak, Palpepper? Boak, Wines, yeah, Rockcliffe's. But, yeah, we'll see. I think mean, Bond, Bond looks like he'll have a good game. There's no match-up for him, probably in the comp. Yeah. And uh, maybe on our game against Geelong, uh, yeah, I'm not too confident. I think uh, 
It's up to Gabba on Wednesday night. For, I think we're both coming off four-day breaks. Geelong has to fly in from Perth. Uh, probably advantages us a bit. Uh, they're a bit older, Geelong, so their older players might take a little bit longer to recover. So, But, yeah, we're inexperienced. And, like, half of our teams I played less than like, 25 games. So, yeah, you'd um, want goal centre to take advantage of the Cats like Nick Nat did. So that's probably your advantage. Yeah, and again, to win in the midfield because uh, Delwood might be back. They're still missing Ablett. Um, yeah, I just see their defence sort of running the ball out a bit too easily because like, of our young forward line. Unless it's Zerhaus and Curtis Taylor, they could put on that defensive pressure. I just see, yeah, Geelong being too good. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. We'll um, catch you guys next week and we'll, yeah. Okay, see ya. Yeah.